0: Hi, I'm Barbara Best and this is Humans Working Remotely, a podcast where I'll show you how to meet the expanding needs of your organization by utilizing alternative solutions for operational staffing. Through expert insight and meaningful conversations with business professionals, we'll talk about common challenges and proven strategies that will provide you with more time to focus on your organization's mission, relationship building, and other high-value growth activities. Did you know that there are three basic types of learning styles? The three most common are visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. To learn, we depend on our senses to process the information around us. Keep these ideas in mind when you're presenting to your next potential client to let them know how great you are or when you're doing your presentation. With me today is my colleague Carrie and we're going to discuss and explore these areas of learning and provide more insight. So Carrie, what do you think? What what do you think about these three areas are do you find one more popular than the other or is everybody different i think everybody's different and the challenge is creating
1: presentations because you can't go to everybody and say so what kind of learner are you yeah a lot of people a lot of people know and then there's another chunk of a lot of people that have no clue they just they learn and Mm -hmm. then and, and they couldn't tell you what it is about learning that works. And if they haven't had a bad experience, they don't necessarily blame it on the the, the way it's taught, but the teacher Mm -hmm. and a lot of times that's not the case, but that's, so that's Mm -hmm. the challenge. It's, I think it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of finding ways to create a presentation Mm -hmm. that will help everybody from each area.
0: Yeah, and I think everyone has maybe different amounts of each type of learning style in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a combination of all three, and it depends on the delivery mode. I'm sure learning via Zoom, which we all do today, is much different than learning in an auditorium, for example. Yes,
1: yes. Mm-hmm. or or at a big boardroom table. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, right? absolutely. Again,
1: yeah, so totally different. But it, but we have that's the key, right? We have to find a way to make sure we can reach everybody on some level. Mm -hmm. and then hope that they can grasp and move forward from there with what they need to know.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm a visual learner first. When I need to learn something, I read books. I collect books, but I also read a lot of books. I do a lot of reading. That's how I learn. And as I'm reading, I also take numerous detailed notes. I've got stacks of tape flags that are right next to me. And I um, especially... Uh, you remember when that book came out, um, the Da Vinci Code, yes. when it was first published? It was this fantastically huge. Uh, it looked almost like an encyclopedia, glossy pages, and there was pictures in it, and as well as the um, uh, the uh, text or narrative of the book. And I just happened to open it. It was my husband was reading it at the time. <clears throat> and I happened to open it one day, and i I literally got sucked right into those pages because it's it there was color pictures, there was this wonderful context and text and this lovely writing and everything, and I could not put that thing down just I, beautiful. Just, I could I, and so that 's when I learned, hey, I must be a you know i 'm a yep. visual learner because mm-hmm. i just it just draws me right in, and i i 've never forgotten the book which is one of my favorites, not because it's controversial, but when it was in first print, it was in this lovely, um, almost encyclopedia bound issue with, you know, lots of color. And, you know, it was just a wonderful experience that I still remember to this day. Yeah. I, I, have, I don't have a yeah. specific book like that, but I do have,
1: when I, I have reactions to books that I can feel the paper difference. Mm-hmm. and where I can sell so, because I know I'm a kinesthetic learner I mean for me it's when all else fails read the directions yeah I, I unless I'm studying for school I used to write notes constantly because that's how mm-hmm. I studied but when mm-hmm. it comes to learning I would rather sit there and watch it and then, then have somebody let me do it so they can watch how I'm doing it and learn but yes. with a book I get sucked into books I love to read anyway but if I get a book that has the gold leaf that you can feel and oh the paper yeah satiny or the really old like not even old, sometimes old, sometimes new, but the way that they're bound and the, mm-hmm. and the material they're bound in that mm-hmm. feeling to me will just make me that much more engaged in the idea of the book, regardless of what the book's about. If yeah. It feels nice. So yeah, 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 I'm all about that experience, that personal experience.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. And I, I I'm a paper book person. I'm, I do have an ebook reader Right. I'm not so keen on the ebooks for that reason. I love yes. the smell of the ink and the paper. Yes. And the smell when you open an old book or you take off the fly leaf or, you know, it just it's just a totally different experience. And that's where visual exactly. learning comes into play, I think.
1: Even, even the turning for me, I find it's the turning of the pages, too. Yes. So instead yes. Of it's just scrolling or pushing a button. Yeah. I have an old Kobo, so if you push a button and it moves because it's old. Yeah, I miss I miss turning pages. I mean, I, I was never yeah. one to fold down pages, but I miss the sound of the pages turning.
0: Yeah, you know, I like know. It's
1: just it's it's bizarre. The other thing um, I I wanted to stick in here about visual mm-hmm. learners, mm-hmm. something that I discovered when I started doing presentations, mm-hmm. you can't give somebody a presentation where you want them to listen to you and you want them to read, because it uses the same part of the brain. Yeah. To read and to listen, so they can't they can't do both. And yeah. if, so when I was doing it, I was always having, I would have imagery on screens and then I would talk to it or just like a, a, a total, not words, <laughs> total, not words. That makes no sense. But anyway, yeah. I- imagery and, and, you know, stuff that would make the point without it. It's all, oh, well, you have to read this because a lot of times I've been in, in workshops or, or presentations and basically they're putting on the screen the exact same words that they're reading And if they're not exact, they're so close that you notice when there's a mistake.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that
1: totally defeats the purpose as far as I'm (laughs) concerned.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was a really good, it was good for me to learn that because I'm not a visual learner. So I wanted to, you know, when I found that out, I was really grateful because I know it makes it easier for people who do learn that way to do it right for them.
0: Yeah. That's so, right. Yeah. And that goes back to talking to a potential client, if at all possible, try and find out how they learn. So then when you're speaking or giving your presentation, you have the most impact. And they'll go away thinking, Oh, yeah, I've really got what they do now. I'm going to remember that. Yes, you know, right? Yes.
1: And it's not about the the challenge. its The challenge is not always easy to get the information from them. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about doing a presentation for them, say they ask you to do one for your team. yeah, Find out which one of the the presentations they've had were most successful with the team. That would be a good way. It's like, it's because it's not like, again, can't really say, well, how do you like to learn? But if you can find out how, you know, how the team has responded to different types of presentations, Mm -hmm. then you've got an in, like you say, and you come off, you know, shiny as, as a gold diamond or a gold bell yeah. because you've come through and you've given this great thing. Meanwhile, you're just using the information they gave you that said, that's right. Well, we that's really a great like idea. To to. Yeah. Cause then you find out. Right? Great
0: idea. Yeah. yeah. So then how does that impact auditory learners, Carrie? What do you think there? Um, the, the, for me, the most important thing that I have heard for
1: with auditory learners is mm-hmm. they, you need to have an, an environment that lets them, convey back to you what they've heard Mm -hmm. that's the the way that that i have been taught to teach is you say something and then you clarify that they heard you properly when you have an auditory learner i think it's very important to always have an opportunity for questions not not questions to go into detail that might be answered later in the presentation but Mm -hmm. a clarification question because sometimes when something is explained and you use you, you might use phrases that are not familiar but if you can reframe it for that auditory listener, you're giving them the opportunity to get it because maybe again, like you said earlier, somebody may be an auditory, but then they may have another aspect that's important to them. So some, somebody might hear something auditory, but they've got, they can visualize an experience in their head when they're having it. And if they don't get the right words to mesh,
0: then -hmm. they're
1: not able to get that clarity. So I, I find it's always good to say, is there any questions or um, does this make sense or something along those lines, just to give people a chance for feedback so that Mm -hmm. they, and they have, and it's really important to give it so that it's not, doesn't seem like you're impatient Mm -hmm. i know that nobody would set out i want to believe nobody would set out just to be impatient with Mm -hmm. i just want to get through this this presentation but Mm -hmm. sometimes that's how it comes across so Mm -hmm. i think it's really important that we you know take our time and take a deep breath and imagine we're talking to a little tiny person and Mm -hmm. and being kind and it's like do you understand what i'm saying this is Mm -hmm. but you're not you're not being condescending at all but you're giving them that that safety of of you know, the opportunity to have the forum to, to challenge what you're saying, say, I'm not really sure what you mean, or do you mean like this or this, right? Mm-hmm. Because that can make a huge difference in how people walk out of a meeting.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and okay. it is always a good technique to ask people to confirm back. And that invites dialogue and open conversation. Yes. So it's, you know, a combination of all those things that uh, really goes a long way to engagement, right. you know, especially on the auditory um side of things as yes. well
1: mm-hmm. well and that's where you were mentioning too about the difference between being on zoom mm-hmm. I mean, and that's again that's even that can that's that that applies to visual as well as auditory and kinesthetic Kinesthetic, like oh, the next one we're going to talk about is the kinesthetic. Yeah. all three of them yeah. auditorium versus a boardroom versus zoom yeah and all three different learning styles can be there mm-hmm. um so that's that and that's a key oh one more thing about yes. auditory listeners yeah. People who are, people, lot, some people who are auditory listeners are called why listeners. They're very impatient. People listen for different reasons. If you are talking mm-hmm. to somebody who is a why listener, they want to know why they should give you your atten- their attention right away. Mm-hmm. And if you miss the boat and you don't give them that what's in it for me answer, you're going to mm-hmm. lose them. So mm-hmm. that's another thing to keep in mind when you're talking and and you're presenting or developing a presentation, you want to make sure that you're able to identify at the very beginning why they should give you their attention in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, besides the fact that that's good business, it's like, please give me your attention. I'm asking for it. Let me tell you why right away. Yeah, Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. When you have a why listener, that's a
0: key. Because if if they don't get it right away, you won't get them back. They're going to walk away. So, you know, that you have, what's that phrase you have, um, Oh, with the 30 seconds, it's not 30 even seconds enough? to make a good impression or something. Yes. You, yeah. Well, there it is right there. Yeah, if you exactly. can't answer their why question, especially a prospective client, um, you're going to lose them. Sure enough. Right.
1: Most definitely. yeah. And that's, yeah. and then you can't usually get them back because of the, it's yeah. an impatient thing that usually turns to anger. It's like, oh, this is a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Which just sad. So
0: yeah, it is, but yeah. you know, yeah. And then what about kinesthetic learners? I, I I remember as when I was going through college, I just, you know, I realized that, that I learn better or learn, maybe it depends on the context too of what you're learning, mm-hmm. that I do enjoy learning by doing as well as by reading. Yes. So I, what are your um, thoughts
1: on that? Well, I, as I said earlier, I'm, I am primarily a kinesthetic learner. I would much Mm -hmm. rather get my hands in and get them dirty. Mm -hmm. I do like to read direction. Like you said, there's a little bit of both in in everybody. Yeah. Um, The biggest thing that I learned um, about kinesthetic learners, I didn't know when I was a kid, I never knew what it was, but they didn't pay attention to stuff like that when I was young. Mm -hmm. And I'm in my fifties, so that's dating myself, but that's okay. But we didn't know. And yet my daughter, when she was in school, she was identified in grade three as a kinesthetic learner. And so they knew that she needed to be up and moving. So she was the one that would hand out the pencils or she was the one that would take attendance down to the office. Right. And by the right. time she got into grade five, um, they had a corner of the classroom that was all carpeted off so she could lie on her stomach and swing her legs. So yeah. I, I discovered with her the different things that people need to do, like the movement. And I mean, you know, just being able to, like when I was saying about the, the, the differences with the three different for, uh, forums that you mentioned earlier with the auditorium and some places you can sit and swing your leg some places you can't yeah that's if you're right, a kinesthetic yeah. learner and you can't swing your leg while you're listening you know yeah. or you can't move or you can't stand up and stretch when you need to you're going to lose that person mm-hmm. so you want to again those are the things that you want to keep in mind when you're creating the yeah. the environment that you're going to be presenting in. and mm-hmm. have a, a chance every 20 minutes to stand up and do a stretch they say That's that you right, shouldn't yeah. focus for more than 20 minutes at a time without changing direction. Have mm-hmm. everybody get up and move a little bit and do a little dance and be goofy. Mm-hmm. And then you're mm-hmm. going to be able to keep everybody's attention.
0: Yeah. So. And you, you also need to uh, actually, if, like if you're in a board meet or something, you do need to invite um, engagement. Yes, and let people relate to them their experience that would contribute to the meeting or to the group yes and that too is involved in there as well in kinesthetic learning Mm -hmm. to engage and uh, I don't know if give permission is the right phrase but allow other people to relate their experiences um, to the context that you're talking about
1: yes and I think that I think that's that's an excellent point, Barb. Because what I have found is that until one person speaks up, nobody will.
0: Exactly. And, yeah. and
1: if you can get if you can get one person engaged mm-hmm. with the feedback and the, and mm-hmm. and come put across that you're in a safe environment, you can ask questions, mm-hmm. share your experiences. That's going to benefit everybody. No mm-hmm. matter how they learn, everybody's going to benefit. But it always, mm-hmm. <laughs> I find, it always takes. A little nudging to get somebody to come right up, and when I'm in a yeah. group, I'm always the first one to volunteer because yeah, I want that my doesn't
0: Surprise me, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, <laughs> but it, what I find though is I'm the first one, and I, I always wait. I don't just put my hand up first, like you know the the, the kid we hated in high school. I, mm-hmm. never, I, do, I never do that. I always wait because I know that I have no qualms about asking questions. But when nobody else asks, then I do, and then people will start to ask. Yeah. If other people yeah. do, I hang back and I wait. And then, you know, as, as the questions kind of peter off, then I'll ask, but if nobody's asking, I jump up and I'll jump right in and I'll say, I don't understand or, and I, and I'm being honest about what I need for more information. But I also feel like I'm, I'm setting the stage to say, I'm here and I'm ignorant and I need to ask a question. So feel free to ask one with me and we'll be, be learning together. Mm -hmm right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people are really nervous about asking questions. That's right. Yeah. They walk away from the meeting. It's like, I don't know what the hell that was about.
0: Yeah. Right. And I do that too. Sometimes in a meeting, I will quite often ask a question just for the benefit of those in the room. Yes, I've done that too. Whether I I know the answer or I don't. Yes. I'll still ask a question just to, you know, like you just said, Carrie, get the ball rolling and get people, you know, start to thinking about, you know, maybe speaking up a little bit. Yep. And I've also noticed, too, the uh, context of a meeting is much different, too. If you're in a smaller group, right? say a, a room of, I don't know, five people, yes. it's a much different dynamic than if you're in a room of 50 people.
1: Oh, and even 10. 10 or 15 from five Yeah, exactly so there's drastic, a much yes. different energy
0: there so yes. i think people are more much more comfortable in small groups anyway i agree mm-hmm. um further to what you said about asking a question
1: even if you know the answer for the sake of yeah. the, the groom yep. i think it's also a good that's a good practice for the presenters to hear because it's letting yeah. the presenters know that maybe they could be a little more detailed in their explanations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that they're not ending up having to have somebody say, well, can you clarify? Cause that's kind of vague.
0: Yeah. That's if right. Some,
1: if somebody yeah. did that to me and I was presenting, I'd be making a note of that going, Oh, I need to tweak how I say this because clearly my message is not coming through without clarification. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're actually helping the presenters when you're making those, asking those questions, but mm-hmm. more so you're helping the people in, in the group because then they're, Oh yeah, she's asking. I can ask now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. We're so human. Eh? We're oh just, yeah. We're just so human. Um, do you have any other perspective Carrie on any of those three areas of learning? Um,
1: my, the, the, the one thing that I can say is when you know how somebody learns, Mm -hmm. keep it in mind always because and again this goes back to my daughter and she was young but Mm -hmm. it made such a difference for her knowing that she learned in a different way and she advocated for herself
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: it's and it's it's similar to what i was saying about making giving the opportunity for people to feel safe asking questions right Mm -hmm. when my daughter was growing up by the time she got to high school she had to advocate for for herself Mm -hmm. and it's like well you need this well you need to ask for this well i don't want to ask do you want me to come to school no god forbid (laughs) mom comes to high school right and instantly she started advocating but it's that same kind of thing for adults who aren't accustomed to saying number one accustomed to admitting something they might see as a weakness where it is not a weakness Mm -hmm. and they're so they're not accustomed to admitting it and they're not accustomed to seeking um extra information to make it more palatable for them right so I think it's really important that yeah that you that as long as you create a a, an environment that feels safe for your listeners Mm -hmm. to have the freedom to ask questions ask clarifications give an experience of their own you know then you're gonna walk you're gonna have people walking going I really enjoyed that presentation because more often than not meetings are boring yeah True. right and if you have that engagement yeah with the engagement all of a sudden it's better so yeah what about you have you had like any That's right? Yeah. Any yeah. awfulness that you've had to deal with, where people were not um, as receptive, or if you were in it and you didn't have the, um, you were given the opportunities to do the the learning styles, and you were finding it, noticing a difference in your class. Have you had any opportunities to, to talk about that? Um, that was kind hmm. of convoluted the way I just yeah. Said that, I wasn't. think.
0: Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what you were trying to say
1: okay. um, because have you, have I'm not
0: an auditory learner. <laughs> no, no, but if
1: you were in, in an experience of yours, have you found that when you were able to engage the learning styles as you learned them from your group, did you have a better experience?
0: Yes, of course. Okay. And it's, it's quite often, in my experience anyway, uh, kind of a tough thing to nail down you know, you're delivering your content, uh, yes. I prefer small rooms, yes. small meetings, um, as you're delivering your content, you, um, in my experience, anyway, I didn't know learning styles of the people I was working with, at, right, right, at, you know, beforehand, and then as I started presenting material, I kind of got a sense, you kind of, I guess, the way people act or what they say or they don't say, or if they're not engaged, they're not even looking at you, you can kind of figure out what kind of learning style they have. Yes. And then I've um, learned how to adapt very quickly. And then I just um, customize um my presentation to the people in the room and before I know it the energy is lifted yes with much more engagement because I'm paying attention to each person's needs. Right. And I know the person it. Yeah, the person at the back of the room who's not looking at me but I know they're listening. Yes. I know they're an auditory learner. Yep. And then the person who is looking impatient or pissed off or whatever, <laughs> they are an auditory learner. Yes. And then you've got the person who's, you know, kind of looking anxious, like, when are we going to actually learn this stuff? Like, I got to do something. Yeah. Of course, they're a kinesthetic learner.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you've got the people who are, you know, you say something or you present a concept. Oh, where do I find that? Where can I read it? Yes. I want to write it down. Yes. Or they're always in the front of it.
1: Yes. They're in the front. Yeah. You know, though, it's so good that you are um aware of those things because someone less experienced than you might Mm -hmm. be offended if somebody was in the back listening and and not 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 they might not see that they're listening all they see is they're not looking yeah and that could make somebody feel really um, offended yes offended or or crestfallen if they worked really hard on their presentation so that's Mm -hmm. that's a really good piece to mention i think because Mm -hmm. people will people will realize can realize
0: that just because you're not seeing the engagement doesn't mean it's Mm -hmm. not there exactly right yeah, exactly i found that with i was giving a lecture at ottawa u uh telfer university about oh five or six years ago right and it was in one of those lecture halls where the seats rise as yes. they go to the back of the room yes and the professor said see those guys at the back of the room there they're staring at their laptops they're actually listening to you they just don't look like they are So just do your thing. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. Good to know. I'll do that. Yeah. And the other thing I've learned too, and I'll I'll leave you with this thought, I read in a book called The Way We're Working Isn't Working by Tony Schwartz. Um, I learned in there, and it still sticks in my mind, that the brain cannot do two things at the same time with 100% attention. It's not possible. Oh. The brain is not programmed that way. So this concept we have, especially in this day and age where everything's fast track and got to <sighs> do it, this concept of multitasking, quote yes. unquote, is a total myth. Yes. It just, it, we may think we're multitasking. We've got all these things on the go, but the brain is not giving 100% attention to any one of them. No, we're
1: just stretching, our,
0: stru- stretching ourselves yeah. and
1: stressing ourselves at the same time yeah. for no reason
0: that's right yeah so we make more mistakes or we miss something or we miss a deadline or a meeting or whatever that's could be the reason why yeah Yeah. so very interesting brain is is so intelligent it just it's mind-boggling no pun intended (laughs) that um we're programmed the way we are it's just so fascinating i agree So thanks very much, Carrie, for joining me today on this fantastic conversation again. Thank you for having uh, me. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was. Thanks. Take care. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. In closing, I'd like to thank you so much for listening today. I hope this information was helpful, and I look forward to providing more. I'm Barbara Best, CEO of Virtual Works, Inc. Here's a few action steps. Please feel free to leave me comments or feedback on this platform. If you would like to be considered for a future podcast, please drop me a line at info at virtualworks.ca. You can visit our website at www.virtualworks.ca. And you can always find us on LinkedIn at www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash virtualworks.